dummy. Highly contested. T3 on the track. The taste is high. Highly contested. It's getting wild. Highly contested. If you wanna talk the talk, then you better walk the walk. Get the facts, show the stats. Act like radios are off. The taste is high. Highly contested. It's getting wild. Highly contested. If you wanna talk the talk, then you better walk the walk. Get the facts, show the stats. Act like radios are off. On the mic, we gon' talk about the sports stuff. Ball is always live, we gon' talk like we can't get enough. Show us on your mind, we going back and forth like arguments. We all here to debate, come and listen, be a part of this. Okay, 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 take a listen, hit the play, turn that volume up all the way. Update on the sports today, highly contested, the hottest takes not muted. You know we had to do it, the most is all included. I'm with my team, they know it's well. Special guests with high and tail, NBA to NFL, any sport we go excel. We came and made a splash. Posted this podcast, highly contested, the realest sports podcast. I want to start off by giving a huge shout out to our fellow host, Eric. He created that amazing intro song for our highly contested podcast. If you enjoyed that, then I highly recommend you go check out more of his music on YouTube. That's going to be Mobby Official, M-O-B-B-E Official. Now, without further ado, let's begin Highly Contested. Hello, and welcome to Highly Contested. This podcast covers some of the hottest topics in the world of football and basketball, where our crew gives our highly contested takes on these topics and supports our takes with facts. I'm Andrew, and I'm here with George. How are you doing today, George? Doing all right, man. Long day of work. How are you guys doing? Joe, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Just chilling at home right now. You know how it is. Right on, right on. Eric, how about you? How are you doing? Just great, man. Just great. Cool deal. And we have a newcomer today. It is Eric's brother, actually. Why don't you introduce yourself, Frank? What's up, guys? How you doing? So, hey, man, how uh, are you? Yeah, how are you, Frank? I'm excited to be here. I mean, uh, I love talking to you guys in person about this stuff. Now I get to do it on the podcast. Why don't you let the listeners know who your favorite teams are, man? Who do you, who do you root for? Yeah, well, tell them, tell, just tell the fans a little bit about yourself, you know? So, go for it. <clears throat> well, unlike Eric, I don't know what happened, but uh, I'm a Niner fan. I wow. uh, also go for the San Francisco Giants and the Warriors just because I uh, had a lot of family in the Bay Area. Every time when we were at my aunt's house, my uncle's house, or anything like that, it's all I could do is put some sports on. It was always those teams. So, when I was growing up, that's who I was rooting for. Never looked back. Mm. Yeah, Frank is our Frank is probably our biggest baseball fan, our biggest MLB fan. So if there's any hot topics that we get in regards to the MLB, he will probably be there the next day to give his highly contested take. Oh yeah, if not me, I know Joe's right there with me. Mm. Yep. That's a guarantee on that. Yeah, there's any trades of the A's getting rid of their best players, Joe's got to know. <laughs> All right. So, Frank, what events in your life made you the sports fan that you are today? Not like just the not just like, you know, specifically the different teams, but just a sports fan in general. Uh, You know, I think it had to do with the fact that growing up, uh, we didn't have neighbors. Uh, You know, we kind of grew up in the middle of nowhere. So we were always outside doing something, something with sports, either kicking a ball or hunting or riding bikes or you're going outside, you're doing activities, you're keeping yourself busy. 
And uh, that, that kind of led me into running. I did a lot of running growing up. And of course, when you got to school, a lot of cross country, a lot of track, and it just, you know, snowballed its way out from there. You know, of course, with family and uncles and aunts, you know, can't go to a party without you cheering for some team or who you're rooting for. So, you know, that's, you know, in the sense of the love for sports definitely came from growing up, playing them personally. And then it just kind of, as you got older, you know, you got to really root for a team, understand what's really going on with certain things. So, you know, that's big time for me. It was definitely the way I grew up. Mm. Right on. Awesome. So <clears throat> we're going to get started <clears throat> with a topic that shows a little personalization with us. As we, clo- as we get closer to the NFL season, some of us here on Highly Contested have high expectations for our teams, while others are just wishing that their team doesn't get the number one overall pick. We're going to start, <laughs> we're going to start with Frank for this topic. Uh, so Frank, for the NFL, what are your expectations for your favorite team heading into the 2020 NFL season? Look, to be honest with you, I mean, it's the 49ers. We saw what they did last year. Mm. I mean, they went to the Super Bowl. I know a lot of people are going to say well, it was an easy first season. You know, the half the season was easy and the next half was, you know, maybe a little harder, but still wasn't, you know, blah, 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 blah. Look, man, all I can say is you play the hand that you're dealt. We played the hand that we were dealt. We went undefeated almost almost the whole season. Mm. Uh, we made it to the Super Bowl. I and mean, that's 30 teams can't say that, regardless if we lost or not. Mm. Um, I honestly believe this year we could do the same. I don't see why we couldn't. Uh, I mean, out of the 24-man roster we had last year, 20 of those people are still there. So we really didn't change anything. There was nothing drastic that got changed. I mean, certain people we lost were, you know, as some people may know, like Joe Staley, who retired. And so there, Frank, you know, he lost connection. Mm. Uh, well, we'll just wait until Frank gets back on that. But he was uh, yeah. he's he was getting into some good points with his Niners team. Uh, <clears throat> we're going to switch it back. to you guys there. Yeah, yeah. he's here. All right, right on. So you were talking about Joe Staley, Frank? Yeah, I was just saying, you know, how out of the 24-man roster from last year, we still have 20 of those people. And uh, we did lose some good people. We lost Joe Staley, which everyone knows is, I mean, I don't think he, I think last year was one of the first years he's ever missed a games in his whole career. But we replaced him with Trent Williams, and that guy's an all-time great. I mean, you can that guy's amazing. Mm. I mean, we did lose the Forrest Buckner, but with Emmanuel Sanders, you know, there's a lot of rookies that came involved, you know, Javon Kinlaw and those guys. So I, I don't see a reason why the Niners shouldn't make it to, I'm not going to say they go undefeated. You know, I'm not going to say they get the record they got last year, but I definitely think, you know, NFC champions, if not Super Bowl, I mean, you still got, Kittle, you still got use check and Mozart and Coleman. We know what they looks like. We oh, lo- looks like we lost him again. Technical <laughs> difficulties here on the uh, <laughs> podcast. We'll, we're just, gonna... just to add on to the the Niner thing real quick. I mm-hmm. mean, th- that's one of those organizations where it is you know they they are a historic franchise. They're about winning. 
you know, they're kind of like championship or bust type of teams, you know, mm. that we see. You guys so, I mean, they, they got high expectations for sure. Yeah, we hear you, Frank. Yeah. Um, so one question I have for you, it sounds, it sounds like, Frank, that y- you have high expectations, of course, um, because of the fact of, that they were in the Super Bowl last year. I'm a little biased. I mean, I'm a Niner fan. I'm, uh, I'll admit that. Right. I mean, it, we're all a little biased for our teams. I, so my question for you then is, who do you see, if the Niners go to the Super Bowl, who do you see meeting them from the AFC? Oh, man. I mean, if you don't think the Chiefs can go back, then I think you're crazy. I mean, there's, I, I really don't see anybody. I mean, the Patriots aren't the Patriots anymore. Mm. You know what I mean? I mean, you don't have Tom Brady there. Uh, uh, I just, I don't see why the Chiefs couldn't go back. I mean, I could see a, a repeat of last year, Niners and Chiefs. I don't, mm. I don't see why not. Mm. I mean, who, who you tell me rematch? someone who can. <laughs> who wins the rematch, Frank? Hey, you know what? Like I said, man, the last seven minutes of last year's game, we really. I mean, it's just lost momentum. I don't know if Shanahan, I mean, if you've, we've seen her over the years. I mean, you know, when he was with the Falcons and it didn't look like he was too aggressive enough and they ended up losing that game. And in my opinion, I can kind of say towards the end of that game last year, I mean, I, I think he could have gone a lot more, been a lot more aggressive than he was. I mean, you got someone like Mahomes and you have the best, one of the best defenses as the Niners. I mean, you need to use that. You need to, you need to, really stick it to them and i just didn't feel like we were we we just kind of like lost our footing Mm. you know didn't keep the foot on the gas pedal so to speak yeah and i definitely think this year you know that's that heartbreak right i mean that's that that little that nerve that you just you want to beat them you want to get that revenge you know yeah you think they're hungry basically and they want it 100 percent we're gonna switch it over to we're gonna switch it over to george George, what are your expectations for your favorite NFL team? Ooh, that's a good one. I got a good team right here, man. The Buffalo Bills. That's my favorite football team. It's kind of an, <laughs> an oddball one from where I'm located in California, you know. I've only met a handful of Bills fans out here, but I'm a Bills fan. Bills Mafia, give me a table. I'm jumping through it. No questions asked. Um, but my expectations, man, I got them going – Nine and seven is where I got them going this year. Looked, at, I looked at the schedule. I see five easy winnable games. I see about three, four. There are those like 50-50 games, you know, and then obviously you're going to win some games you shouldn't win. You're going to lose some games you shouldn't lose. You know, that's just how the NFL goes. But, yeah, my prediction, I got them going nine and seven. Josh Allen, he's there another year. He's a rising star. He's getting better every year. Last year, they had a top three defense, you know, so they easily got a top 10 defense this year. Uh, you bring in Stefan Diggs. So that's another playmaker as a receiver for Josh Allen to throw to. In uh, this year in the draft, they focused on offense to help out Josh Allen. Um, now, Josh Allen, he's a dynamic, dynamic player, man. He joins players like Steve Grogan, Dak Prescott, Cam Newton, and Lamar Jackson with 20-plus passing yard or touchdowns and 12-plus rushing touchdowns. So this guy, he, he uses his feet as, uh, as well as his arm. I mm. uh, tied Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson for the most game-winning drives in 2019 with five. And let's not forget, Tom Brady is no longer there. So that division... So- 
is going to be more open than it's ever been in the last like 20 years. And that's, and that's kind of where I was going to lead to. So I'm thinking then without Tom Brady is nine and seven enough to win the division. I am. They got a tough schedule. They, they play uh, like the Niners and that division. So th- they're going to have some tough games. Like last year, they had a pretty easy schedule where they were playing like the Redskins or the Washington football team, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the Giants and stuff. So last year, they had an easier schedule. This year, they got a, a harder one. They play some better teams like the Seahawks, the Niners, you know, the Cardinals, teams like that. So um, that's why I got them going nine and seven, just because they, they will be playing some harder teams. But everyone else in that division is playing the same teams. Mm-hmm. So. I don't see the Jets beating any of those teams. You know, I don't see the Dolphins beating them. So it's going to come down to the Patriots and the Bills. And, um, yeah, I definitely got them going back to the playoffs. And I, I do think 9-7 will be enough to answer your question. You almost uh... – <laughs> when uh, when you started talking about the Washington football team, you almost said the name in disgust as if, you, uh, <laughs> as if you're not that fond of the name. <clears throat> Oh, no, no, I just, you know, it, it's new, you know. Got to get used to calling them that. Yeah. You know. The Washington football team. <laughs> yeah, right. Different. Uh, so, that's that's going to be weird. It is. Uh, so we're going to switch it to Joe now. Joe, what are your expectations for your favorite NFL football team? My favorite NFL football team is the Raiders. The Oakland Raiders will always be in my heart, but they're the Las Vegas Raiders now. Mm. It's going to be hard to go see him and play in games. COVID ever could go away. Hopefully, I can go see some games. But the Raiders had a really great draft for the past two years, getting players like Josh Jacobs, uh, Cleveland Farrell, um, Jonathan Abram. And last year's and this year's, we had another great draft. We had Henry Ruggs III, uh, Damian Arnett, and a couple other players. But I'm going to have to say, I'm going to get some heavy reaction off of this record prediction I'm going to give out. Mm. Where I feel like we're going to go 12 and 4. And I'm not talking Ooh. about in Madden. <laughs> IRL, 12 and 4. Madden, you'd be undefeated, right? Oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> no, you know that first hand, huh, George? <laughs> yeah, but you don't think I, your division's hard to go 12 and 4? I, but I already know we're going to lose to the Chiefs twice. That's a that's a fact. They're just too strong of a team. But I also see them losing to the Bucks and the Saints. Those those are the two uh, and the Chiefs twice. Those are the four teams I see us losing to. You don't think realistically? You don't think the Broncos or the Chargers can take one against them? No, definitely not. Mm. Oh, they, man. they they normally do. And I can no, tell you the Bills no. the Bills don't got the firepower. Beat the hey, the Bills got a new offensive coordinator, and that guy is going to have some tricks up his sleeve. They, I mean, that, they, they need to get used to him. So, mm. yeah. just like the Raiders had new coordinators for the past so many years, they got to get used to him. And if you get used to it, then maybe you could go on a run. But I don't see that happening. Mm. We're going to switch it over to Eric now. Eric, what are your expectations for the? For your favorite NFL football team, let's go for the double whammy here. I'm also a Raider fan, obviously, and uh, 
And Joe, I'm going to agree with you here, but I'm, I'm going to give this a little bit of leeway. So I had best case scenario at 12 and four, and I had worst case scenario at nine and seven. All right. Now, base, best case scenario, we kind of had the same teams there and what we would win. But obviously, just like last year, I had a really high prediction and they didn't do what I wanted them to do. But that's just because of the A-B situation and things that happen. So, I mean, I do see uh, surprise losses, which I would consider maybe surprises, maybe not. It could go back and forth, like 50-50. One would be, you know, possibly the Bills. Um, another one would be the Bucks. Um, of course, a team like even the Falcons. You just never know with the Falcons. They, they could just blow a game one day. The next day, uh, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones are going off. So, um, I, I expect, like I said, best case scenario, 12-4, and four, worst case, 9-7. and seven. So, that's still considered to me a playoff team. I think Derek Carr would have his best season this year uh, as long as the weapons that he has in uh, Williams. I know Williams just got injured a few days ago. Uh, He uh, messed up his leg. I wasn't really sure what the injury was. and uh, I didn't look that one up. But I know he is – Torn labrum. Torn labrum. There you go. But he is going to play through it. I know that for sure. He said he's going to play through it. Hopefully he can stay healthy as their second option there and Ruggs Ruggs the third being the first option. Uh, Like I said, and we have a – you know, just a great offensive – line and uh, weapons on the offensive line and, and Waller and tight end and everything. So I really think we have the power to do it. Our defense could use a little bit more help as it needs every year. But uh, I just think that we we should be going to the playoffs, man. We're just right behind the Chiefs, right behind the Chiefs. I don't think the, the Chargers or Broncos would give us, you know, much at all to when they go against us. I mean, I do think they could have surprise wins too. But, I mean, it happens every every year we go, like, 50-50 on, on these games with the Chargers and, and Broncos. But, uh, to me, it looks good for the Raiders to make the playoffs, man. I see, like I said, Derek Carr should get the closest thing ever to his MVP – close MVP season in 2016 before he broke his leg. He should have a really good season this next year with, uh, you know, the constant years of having Gruden there, Mayock as the GM, really good drafts. And just everything together, I think this is his time to shine. And if not, then who knows what's the uh, the future for Derek Carr on this team? Can, can I say something to that? Sure, go for it. Go for it. So Derek Carr, you're going to say is going to be one of his best years. I'm not going to say I'll deny that, but you're going to say that Marcus Mariota is not going to step up to the plate. There maybe we go. Not, oh, no, not just that, down. but maybe yes. even maybe knock him down. And so, become the starting quarterback solely because he is way more mobile. Now, yes, he was injured, but overall, he is way more mobile than Derek Carr. Not saying you guys don't have a good line, because you do, but I just feel like he's the young gun. I mean, so the, I think Derek the, Carr had his stuff, you know? Yeah, from everything I was reading, um, <clears throat> a lot of outlets I've been reading, just you know, keeping up with the, the Raiders, I know Mariota was getting a lot of uh, energy on this team. And like Gruden said, he loved his presence and everything about uh, Mariota. But the more I actually read into it last week, it said that uh, he wasn't as impressive to Gruden as most people think, and that Gruden was really heavily leaning towards Carr. So I mean, anything could happen. But I well, really true. don't I mean, think Mariota comes in like that. I mean, you know, Gruden is a quarterback coach, so that could be oh, Mariota's. That's the best thing that could happen to Mariota. And I, and, I, and I wish the guy the best, but I just I just believe that Derek Carr would have his best year yet. And if not, then hey, bring in Mariota. What can we lose, right? We're, we're trying to make the playoffs here. We have a really good team. We're still young. Um, so I hope that the best case scenario will happen. Let's just say that. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Mm. This is definitely going to be a topic for another day 
But best case scenario with twelve and four, that's Mariota driving the car, you know? Yeah, I I, I agree. I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> I can see I can see Mariota being a great quarterback on a different team. Like maybe the Bills. But uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well, like, like I said, this is a topic for another podcast. We're already in the passport, so you're the one that started it. Ammo. You're the one that started it by going, "This is a topic for another day." But Mario, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Keep putting in the fire. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, be prepared. Yeah, exactly. All right, so we are going to now switch it up, and we are going to talk about the obvious. NBA postponement that's been going on. So, the Milwaukee Bucks refused to play Game Five of their matchup versus the Orlando Magic in order to pro- in order to protest against police brutality. They made the announcement minutes before tip-off, convincing every team in the NBA to take a stand as well. The question on everyone's mind, though, is whether or not the NBA should resume the playoffs. So. George, we're going to start with you on this one. Should the NBA cancel the playoffs or try to resume it after the postponement? I just want to start by saying, you know, like much respect to the NBA because they're always, you know, number one when it comes out to this stuff. They're always, uh, you know, out there, you know, risking it, doing things, and then everyone else follows, right? So even when the with the shutdown when COVID started, they were that first big domino before everything else in the world shut down, you know? So I just want to give respect to the NBA because they're always, you know, out there in front of it. But when it comes to resuming play, man, that, that's tricky, you know? I think either way, you know, I'm going to support the NBA and whatever they uh, choose in this. Um, but we're going to have to wait for more news to see what they do. But I, I am glad to see that, you know, these players are using their voice, using their platform using their power to uh you know try to make change start these conversations within communities you know and just get the ball rolling and you know we need change you know the way the system is right now obviously isn't working so we need to spark that that talk you know and hopefully you know things get going i would love to have the nba come back and you know resume the playoffs you know and crown a champion this year i mean i think the lakers got a great chance but, I mean, if they don't, then, you know, it is what it is, and we'll come back next season. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Let's go ahead and switch it now to Joe. Joe, what are your thoughts on this, uh, on whether or not the NBA should cancel or resume the NBA playoffs? Honestly, this is a sensitive topic for some listeners and some people. So this this is only my opinion, but – I think they need to resume the, the resume playoffs because it doesn't. Uh, it seems like it will be a whole waste of time because of the NBA restart. That was a there was a whole thing with that. Now it's all going to go to waste. A, a time a waste of money, a waste of time. Hmm. So, but as I read today, Draymond Green said it best. The players are using, um, basically using the NBA as an outlet to get their voices heard. But you don't see um, CEOs boycotting. Um, people stop working. Well, people stop just stopping work. Only basketball players are. But the reason I, I watch sports to get away from reality and politics. 
to watch mm. my favorite teams and players play the game that I love to watch. To to unwind, so to speak. Yeah. Mm. And then were you leading into another thought with that or? No, no, you go ahead. Okay. All right. So Eric, what about you? What is your take on this topic? Um, I give a lot of respect to uh, all the players, man. I, like, like, like George said, they are the first ones on the front line. Just uh, uh, for all the other sports, uh, big sports, in the, especially in the states, all big sports like the MLB, NFL, the NBA. I think is number one when it comes to any of this. They really put their uh, money where the mouth is, pretty much. I mean, this is bigger than money. This is bigger than just watching sports. This is bigger than whatever. You know, people are actually out here getting hurt, dying. And uh, it's kind of sad, man. I wish everything was peaceful, you know, but you know, that would be a perfect world. And obviously, we don't live in a perfect world. Um, never, There should never be a shut up and dribble. You know what I mean? There shouldn't be that. It, people don't tell a janitor to shut up and mop. You know, people don't tell teachers to shut up and teach. You know, everyone's more than just what they are in, in their job. So, and we're talking about real life situations here. So, if they were to to stop playing playoffs, I mean, that would be their choice, and I would totally understand it. Though, as much as a basketball fan that I am, I would love to see this continue, you know? I mean, I mean, just think of, like, for example, George, he's the biggest Laker fan. This is the first time the Lakers have been in the playoffs in uh, a little bit, and this is the first time they've had the first seed in a long while. So, I mean, for them just to shut down, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he'd be, he'd be sad, but I'm pretty sure he would still be grateful for what they're doing, standing up and using their voice to be heard, for everyone to be heard. I know some people don't understand the concept, you know, of why they're doing this and they stay one-sided, but I believe that this is all for a good reason. Mm. All right, and Frank, what is your take on this? Do you believe that the NBA should cancel the playoffs or do you believe that they should resume it after the postponement? Look, I'm I'm not as uh, I guess you could say nice when it comes to this stuff. Uh, not to put anyone down, whoever's listening, it's my opinion. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, well, number one, let's start with obviously we all know the movement that's happening and what the reason it's for, and there's nothing wrong with that. Obviously, I don't agree with any of that stuff that's happening. But with that said, I don't believe that the NBA should completely shut down games and just, I mean, you're talking about, you know, playoff games that, that people have been waiting to see and you're just going to shut it down. Now, look, I feel like the NBA is already doing their part in this. I mean, you see their jerseys. Their jerseys, can they say a lot of things. They say Black Lives Matter. They say hope. They say, you know, a number of things that they're doing. It's all over the, 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 the court. You know, it's everywhere. You can't watch a game without them being supportive. So everyone knows that they're supportive of this. It's everywhere. So, I mean, how, where, where's that line going to be crossed at where you just kind of take it a little bit too much? I mean, as far as I'm concerned, by stopping the games, you're not, you're not hurting anyone but, but themselves. That, what, to me, stopping playoff games is literally throwing a pebble into the ocean when it comes to trying to It really make a starts point. a conversation, though. It starts the conversation. That's the point. But the conversation's been started. I'm telling. I mean, look at their jerseys. Look at the floors. I mean, it, it's everywhere, mm. and it's everywhere. And and it's it's. I love it. I absolutely love it. 
It's just I don't think they should stop games to make a point. In my opinion, so you stop the games and you make a point. Well, now you made your point for a day or two, maybe even a week. But then after that, people are just going to go on with their lives. It's just they're going to be more worried about, okay, I'm bored now. Is basketball going to go back on? You know, but that's just me. I, I love that they support it. I have nothing against that. You know, like I said, it's on their jerseys, it's on the floor, it's everywhere. And I think they're doing their part. I really think they are. So because I feel that they are doing their part in, in being supportive, I, I do not think they need to go as far as shutting the games down. Mm. To, to address some of the things that you guys were saying, uh, and this is mostly, I think, to Frank's point, too. Some, some people are arguing that this is bigger than whether or not fans want to watch sports and that it sends another strong message to America. So, um, Frank, since this is kind of, you know, coming off of what you're saying, what do you think about that? Do you think that, do you think that they're in the right minds for saying that this is bigger than whether or not fans want to watch sports? I mean, <clears throat> everyone's entitled to their opinion. Um, uh, you know, you got LeBron James who was storming out of the meeting because he was mad that, you know, whatever the players wanted, they, you know, it wasn't really coming down. He, he thought that, obviously, you know, this is bigger than a game. And so to some people, it is bigger than, than a game. Um, I mean, that's hard, man. I mean, that's more opinion based to me. Mm. That's, uh, you know, if you feel truly that it is bigger than sports, then, Hey, by all means, go do your part, go out there, go help the movement, you know, whatever, turn your TV off. But I guarantee you have those people that are saying that aren't doing anything. They're probably just sitting right there on the couch wanting to watch the game anyways. Mm. But, you know, again, that's just my opinion. Mm. What do you think, George? Do you, do you yeah. believe that this is bigger than whether or not fans want to watch the sports and that it is sending a stronger message, another strong message to America? Well, I don't think the message is to the fans. Um, but, I mean, I, I will agree with the point that Frank said that the NBA is doing their part and they're being supportive. They've done everything – for the players, for the movies exactly. and stuff like that. But, exactly. But um, this isn't like a message to the fans or whatever. This is a message to the billionaires, the 1%. Because by stopping play, guess what else you're stopping? You're stopping the revenue. And what do billionaires care about? Their money. So by stopping this, you're stopping their money. And now you have their attention. And they're the ones who influence politicians and things that really cause change because they got those connections. Mm. So it's not about me and you wanting to watch it or the average person wanting to watch it or changing what we think, because we've, we've seen this before, you know, yeah, people stop or people, you know, they share, they retweet, they, they act like they care for a day, a week or whatever. And then we go back to where we were, but this is what I'm saying. It's not for us. It's for that 1%. You stop their money now they're freaking out. They're like, wait, wait, you know, I need my money. Now they're listening to these players and now they're helping create change that they need. The only way to do that is to stop their money because that's what billionaires care about. They care about money. So you mess with their money, 
they'll help, you know. But and You know what? I, I can totally agree with you with that, George. I mean, the question was obviously about the fans. But, yeah, the one percenters for sure. I mean, they're the ones who hold, you know, the quote-unquote power. So I, I can totally agree with that. And I, I want to say that um... – I want to say I feel like it's kind of mixed within players. I'm not saying that the injustice is mixed because obviously there's injustice going on. What I'm saying is, for example, the Bucks were the first ones to postpone the games yesterday, and everyone followed, right? And then after that, we had uh, teams voting on if they should continue the season, and then we had teams like the Bucks saying, "No, continue the season," right? They just wanted to postpone the games to just put that voice out there. But then you had teams like the Clippers and Lakers voting to completely end the season, end it right mm. there. And uh, everyone else voted to continue. So, the, I mean, I, I feel like in that sense, players are kind of ripped and torn of, do we stop? Do we keep going? Do, should we just keep postponing games maybe? But if they keep doing that, does it mess up the schedule for the playoffs and maybe even the next season? There's many things to talk about in that aspect of the game. But um, like I said, I think well, look, it would you- be great for the teams to continue just for the fact that if they just stop – they don't have that platform as, as much as them just being on Twitter or Instagram or wherever they use. You could have the whole platform of TNT, the whole media outlets and, and the reporters and, and everything else. You have that outlet right exactly. there to use at their fingertips. Yeah. And that's my point with the whole, you know, it's on their jerseys. It's on the, on the court. It's on the signs on the court. It's everywhere. But you made a good point, Eric. Yeah. I, I feel like I feel like that boycotting or taking a day or two, a, a, a game or two should be enough. And because you kind of made a point there, people started following. I mean, it went beyond the NBA. You saw WNBA yep. Yep, taking it. You're talking about, and, you're talking about ML. Yeah, exactly. MLB was, was wanting to boycott games, NFL. So the message, it got through. Oh yeah, actually just canceled. It got the through, day, by the way. So right, so it got through. They 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 made a wave, and people rode that wave. So now that you've made that, I mean that that's that was the whole point behind it. So I don't think you yeah. need to go as far as completely canceling a full season. Yeah, I mean I get that I mean, you to, see to the add to yeah. what you're saying yeah. about how you got uh, names on. Um, names on like the back of the jerseys and the courts and stuff. I mean, to me, I, I, I mean, again, I mean, I, I'm not African-American, you know, I'm Mexican, so I can't put myself in their shoes like exactly to this extent. But I mean, from what I've been hearing too, like a lot of it, it is kind of just like lip service, like, okay, like you're saying this or you're, you know, putting this out there, but we want tangible change. You know what I mean? Right. We so, want to see, mm-hmm. you know, policies change. We want to see, you know, laws change. Reform. You know? And Yeah not just say, oh, Black Lives Matter, like, that's nice and all, but they want something tangible. Mm-hmm. And then, um, two, I, I think postponing, you know, well, this talk about postponing or um, just canceling. I mean, I think if they resume, like, I think the fact that they even postponed, like, a few days or whatever, I still think that sends a statement, like, okay, like, they, they're, they're willing to end the season if they want, yeah. you know? And that I think that's still sending the message to that 1%, the owners and everyone, like, okay, like, they're not afraid to, you know, cancel the, or not play. Yeah. So. Right. <clears throat> I also, one more thing for me is uh, LeBron really wanted to get the owners more. In, he wants them to be more involved. And I totally agree. I think these billionaires, millionaires, you know, they're, they're here sitting on top, racking in the cake, and they're watching all this stuff go down. And not many of them really use their voice. There's only a select few uh, 
people in the staff that really do use their voice. And I could name, you know, like the Lakers, the Warriors, and it's mostly like the big time um, teams that really do that. You don't really hear too much of other teams really coming in voicing too much. They might do it on social social media, but you don't have the actual owner who probably has the most power in all these situations to come out and do something. <clears throat> so we're going to keep things on the NBA postponement. After the NBA finalized that they would follow through with the postponement of the playoffs, multiple other sports teams took a stand as well. This led to multiple sports organizations agreeing to a postponement, such as the WNBA, the NHL, and the MLS. With these other sports organizations postponing their games, will this NBA postponement carry over into the NFL season? Joe, I want your take on this. What do you think? I don't think it'll carry over to the NFL in uh, to their games. My, they, I, they saw a little bit of it in their practices, but it won't actually go to the games because I feel like um, there's there's still we're still like two weeks away from the season. But I do believe the NFL and the NFLPA will do some type of honoring to those that lost their lives due to radical injustice, like how the NBA did. But there are some words or phrases on their jerseys, um, so stuff like that on the field and the stadiums and stuff like that. Hmm. What about you, George? What do you think? Do you think that this NBA postponement will carry over to the NFL season? I think it can. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it did at all, but I don't really see it happening. Like Joe said, it is like two weeks away, and uh, the NFL and the NBA, they're, they're different. And then, two, I mean, sad as it may sound, like back to the whole money talk, I mean, NBA players, there's, what, 11 players on a team? You know, you got NFL players, there's, like, 50-something. So, for, like, uh, someone that's only making up, like, $100,000 or something or one of the lower salaries, you know, it's harder for them to be like, yeah, let me just not work, you know, mm-hmm. versus, like, the NBA. So, um, we'll see. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised you know, the way the movement's moving, but I'm, I'm with Joe on that one. Mm. Frank, what about you? What do you think? Do you think that the NBA postponement will carry over into the NFL season and some of those games will get postponed? <clears throat> I don't think so, but I'll tell you what, if it did, I'd be a little bit upset. And the reason being is because Colin Kaepernick tried to stand up for this same stuff and they shut him out so fast that not a single team can grab him right now. So if all of a sudden now they're going to change their minds and, and be all for it. To me, that goes to show either one, they've grown a lot since then, or two, they're just trying to make themselves look good. So in the sense of, Oh, well, we got to do it because if we don't, we're going to look bad because you know what happened in the past. And I think that's pretty sad that you had a guy who was trying to start this with the NFL and they shunned him out quick. And now if it does turn to the NFL, you know, postponing games and stuff like that, it's, that's, I don't know. That's, we'll see. I, I don't think it will though. Yeah. You bring up a good point because Colin Kaepernick, he was sort of a martyr to get this whole thing started. And, right. uh, and you know, it's interesting that, it did, it did spark the talk and it sparked the debate, but 
things didn't start happening until quite recently. So it exactly. will be it will be interesting. Maybe I, I I at least hope that you're in the right mind when you're saying uh, when you're saying that the NFL season has grown or not the NFL season. Sorry, the NFL uh, organization has grown as a as a league, and the owners have grown, and Roger Goodell and has grown. Right, and that's and that's exactly what I'm. If if it does carry on to the NFL and they do shut it down. I am hoping that they are doing it because they have grown, which I, I feel like they have. I mean, obviously, like you said, it's not till recently that the NFL has really done stuff, even though Colin Kaepernick has been doing this since 2012, 2013. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I honestly hope that uh, they have grown. Something uh, – and so, uh, Eric, I'll get to you in just a moment. I apologize. Um, something that – really stuck out to me with the NFL that I feel like even the NBA could get behind is um, that there was a moment, I forget how long ago it was, but there was a moment when uh, Deshaun Jackson made some comments and the NFL jumped on it right away. And that I had a lot of respect for the NFL for doing that because it showed that I think it showed that they were all in for equality on all on all pages um and i feel like the nba could definitely get behind that because i feel like recently with recently with the issue with uh Montrez harrell and what he said with Doncic, i feel like the league sort of just let it happen and kind of brushed it under the rug and i would have liked to have seen some sort of consequence for it kind of like how the nfl did with deshaun jackson me personally, mm-hmm. because I'm behind the black, I'm not, I'm behind the Black Lives Matter movement, 100. percent But uh, I feel like, I feel like the the NBA kind of dropped the ball on that one. But go ahead, Eric. Yeah. So before I really dig deep into this NFL stuff or with the differences here, I'm gonna say that because I'm gonna give them kind of a you know slap on the butt here. But um, I do see a little bit of growth in the NFL. I know Jay-Z came in here with his Rock Nation stuff and uh, um, he tried to make, you know, some things with the NFL. Some, so we don't really know what the the contract is or what's going on really with the two, but I know they're trying to help betterment the NFL with this injustice stuff because obviously they were the furthest behind in any sport. And when I mean that, I mean, like just how Frank brought up Kaepernick. I mean, he was obviously ahead of everyone else in the game when it came to this um, – you know, using your voice, using your platform, and he did, he got shunned to this to this day. He's been shunned out of the league, blackballed, yep. completely taken out of the game. And the NBA has does not do that. Like the NBA is number one when it comes to this stuff. NFL to me is last place. Yep. Um, if I don't really see the NFL doing anything like the NBA has so far, like the Black Lives Matter on the courts and all this stuff that they do, the the sayings on the jerseys and the things they put on the media for it. I just don't see the NFL doing anything like this. I I think their owners are just way not even close to what the times are. Um, And I'll say that comfortably, very comfortably. I think they are very far behind. They don't do enough. If we see anything that's going to go on uh, in the NFL, it's going to be the players themselves. The players themselves will do it, and they probably will get shunned from their own teams. It's happened before with Kaepernick and many other players that joined Kaepernick, they got shunned for it. I mean, nowadays it might be a little harder for the 
owners to show that part of their sides. But um, I really do believe the NFL is way far back than any other sports organization. I really wish they would do something, you know, do something that, that I think the owners, once again, just like the NBA, I won't, I won't, I won't sign about that either. The NBA's owners don't come out enough, but the NFL owners don't really come out at all in support of anything. So I, I just, I just wish they would do something. But like I said, if we see anything, it's going to be from the players. Any thoughts, gentlemen, before we head over to the next topic? Mm, nope. Nope, nope. Let's go ahead. Ready for that final topic, though. Let's go ahead and change things up with a lighter topic. It was announced on Tuesday that the 2019-2020 Defensive Player of the Year is Giannis Atentacumpo. The first time he has received the award. With this award, Giannis is one of five players in NBA history to have won an MVP and Defensive Player of the Year award in their career. If Giannis wins MVP this year, he will join Michael Jordan and Hakeem Olajuwon as the only players to win both Oops. awards in the Oops. same season. Does this Defensive Player of the Year award cement Giannis as the best player in the NBA, Eric? Oh, you're going to me first. I like this. I like this. Okay, so... Giannis, to me, has been just a perfect example of how you can grow in a league like this. And Giannis went from the scrawny kid uh, who had to earn his spot to, I mean, top, to me, he's top four. Top four, for sure. Does this make him the greatest player in the league? That's very up for debate. Either LeBron there, Giannis is right there next to him. Um, I mean... I have Curry still in that top top four, top five. I mean, you could throw around these names. There are incredible players who have broken numerous records. I mean, just look at Giannis's stats for just this season alone. I mean, he's averaging 29.5 points a game with 13.6 rebounds. This man is averaging a double-double a game. He is an unstoppable man coming into the paint. He is a, just a frightliner running in, getting anything he wants here. Um, I won't be surprised if he gets MVP. Uh, if I voted today on the spot, I would totally vote him for MVP. Um, he deserves the Defensive Player of the Year. Rudy Gobert's had this award back-to-back. He is a great, great defensive player, and he finished in uh, the top voting there as well. And, uh, I mean, there's just there's – just, I believe that Giannis, for sure, is going to go down as a Hall of Famer, one of the GOATs in, the, in, the, in all of history of basketball. But, I mean – there's just nothing stopping this man right now. I do believe that this man is at least top four, top three uh, in the league right now. Interesting take. So I'm going to ask you the question again, because I want you to actually answer it this time. Does this player, does this defensive player of the year award cement him as the best player in the NBA? Yes or no. Like I said, that's a very difficult Question to does this cement him as a great player? Yes. Does this cement him as the greatest player in the league? I don't think so. I think we that will be more said and done after this is completely over. Uh, we're still in the mid of the playoffs, so I'd like to see what happens after the playoffs. Really, to give you a full hundred percent answer, I could only give you about a ninety percent answer right now. Is he the best player right now in the playoffs? I would say yes. I would say he's probably the, the best player with the best team around him in the playoffs. 
Um, I mean, that, that goes right with the Lakers. You have LeBron and uh, his whole squad with AD. And I think, I mean, they're right right there with him. You could, I could change that tomorrow. So as of right now, I'm going to say maybe, yes, he is the best player right now in the league. But, I mean, I want to see the, league, uh, the playoffs finish to really get a true answer. Mm. Frank, what are your thoughts? Is Giannis the best player in the NBA with this Defensive Player of the Year award? Best player in the league. I, I, you're talking about a season with COVID that was stopped short, came back real fast. No one really had a chance. I, I don't know. I wouldn't say best player in the league. Best defensive player, obviously, is what he got. Um, yeah, I, I don't think he's an all-around – I think he's a great leader, but all-around. I mean, can he do it on his own? I, I don't I don't think so. I mean he had good stats. I mean that guy was what was it, thirty six point three percent on on people. Like they're they're a shooter basically had thirty six percent chance of making it and it was the lowest in the whole entire league. Mm. So I mean he's got that down packed when it You got cut out. I think he got cut out again. We're going to hop over to Joe now for your take, Joe. What do you think? I would say, yes, this could cement him being the, one of the best players in the league, but only if he could actually win the MVP award. Mm. He'll be part of that elite group, like you said, Drew, with MJ and Akeem Olajuwon. So I believe he could. Mm. Now, do you believe he is the best? The best in the league? Mm-hmm. If he wins the award, yes. Okay. George, what about you? What is your take on this? I'm saying no, he's not the best player in the league. I mean, since when did becoming the defensive player of the year make you the best in the NBA? Um, I still got a few people ahead of him. I got LeBron, KD, Kawhi, Curry. So, I mean, at best, I got him top five. Uh, he's still young, but as of right now, he is not best in the league and um i got i got some for eric so eric you said he's the best player in the playoffs yet you were claiming that it was jamal murray and donovan mitchell who no no those are the most impressive about. players in the playoffs they're impressive so how's how's how Giannis not impressed you then Giannis has impressed me he has but you gotta remember Giannis impresses me every day every day in the bubble every day in the regular season every day in the playoffs Murray it's was the M- first round Murray of the was yeah. Well, he's doing really. Their teams are three and one right now. Okay, so we have you got to remember that Giannis is doing this consecutively. Murray's not doing this consecutively. Mitchell was not doing this consecutively. Giannis is. And by the way, Defensive Player of the Year does not submit you as one of the greatest players in the league. Having the MVP award, having the Defensive Player award, having all these accolades, and then hopefully winning a championship that will definitely submit him. Having multiple these awards will submit him. Yeah, we could do a lot of hopefully. Doesn't make you the best if we hope for it. Okay, but we didn't hope. We didn't. Uh, hopefully, the only one that had a hopefully there was just the the championship. Obviously, he has the MVP and he's going for a second MVP right now. And he already has a defensive player award now. He does. And so, I mean, you tell me what that cements him as because we're still waiting for that answer. I mean, just the fact that you could say that the Bucks are in the playoffs, possibly going to the finals. I mean, when was the last time you could have said that in the last fifteen years, twenty years? 
last you know. year. And yeah, they were in the playoffs last year. They didn't make it to the finals. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Though, but right, I mean, that's not a team you you normally think of, except just recently. So that goes to show he's obviously doing something. And put some respect on the Bucks, man. They got a chip. <laughs> they do. They got a chip. So uh, then, George, you're making you're making the argument that he he gets only one defense play of the year, but Eric does make a good point. He is the reigning MVP so far. I mean, I know that that award could possibly shift soon, but as of right now, he's the reigning MVP. So what are your thoughts on that? I got proven champions above him. So like I said, best case, he's top five, not the best. Hmm. I, I, I got a question real quick, George. When Curry got his MVP season and everything, that year, do you think he was the best player in the league that year? I'd say so. I mean, he was unanimous, and he changed the game, did stuff that, you know, you only see in 2K. So I, I would definitely say for that year, two years, he was that unanimous MVP. He deserved to be the best. I mean, we're so talking that, about top, that, top players right now, and you mentioned KD, and he hasn't even played all year. Exactly. Mm. Still put him above him. That was kind of the point I was getting to. (laughs) So if, if the argument for, if the argument for KD is that even when injured, he's better than some of these players. I think that you can't base the best player decision on just this year. Then I think you got to base it on all their careers as a whole. So if you're basing it on their careers as a whole, then is Giannis the best player or is he not? And if not, no, then who is the best player based off their entire Yeah, career? if you mention it that way, I would say no, just because, no. obviously, he doesn't have the shot of a three-pointer yet. Yet, he's very much improved, but not like any other players, like a Curry, a Harden, and all these other guys that can go anywhere on the court and do whatever they want. Hmm. What are your thoughts, Joe? Uh, who is the best player in the NBA based off their careers, besides if, if it's not Giannis? Um, well, some people might know what I'm, who I'm going to say. Just to the fact <laughs> that they already know. To me, the best player in the NBA, Carmelo Anthony. Mm. Just from when he came out of Syracuse through the Denver Nuggets, they were in they're in playoffs with the Lakers. Kobe Bryant, RP. He said Kobe. Uh, he said Carmelo Anthony is a sh- strong offensive player, and he he plays good defense. And when he moved to the Knicks. Um, they, they, I think they went uh, into a playoffs with LeBron James. Him and LeBron had tough uh, competitions every time they played against each other. Even LeBron James said he is a great defensive player mm. and and a strong offensive player. But if I'm thinking logically, I'm going to have to say LeBron James is the best player in the NBA right now. Mm. George, then, George, then with that same question into consideration. If it's not Giannis, who's the best player based off their careers? I mean, I'm saying I'm not saying it is or isn't, but if it's not him, who would it be? We're going goat conversation. Is that where you're heading this in? We're going. <laughs> we're going best player in the NBA today. Uh, today, I mean, if you're going career, you got to go LeBron James. I mean, but he. How many times has he gone to the? finals and loss compared to other players that have gone and won. I mean, that you would consider him the best even with that? Compared to the people in the NBA today, yeah. 
I mean, he still went eight straight times. That in itself is hard to do. Agreed. That's a that's a fair argument because what that oh, shows oh, yeah. is he's been in a lot of playoff games and he's won a lot of playoff games. At the end of the day, that's something that you have to take into consideration. I mean, LeBron is top 10 season, top 10 playoffs and scoring. Like, this man is incredible. And he's been to plenty uh finals games, only won three out of those, which which sucks for him. But uh, also shows that he's, you know, been there, like like George said, eight nine, eight times straight. Like, that's an amazing uh, accomplishment. It's kind of like uh, the logo himself. He went, I think, nine times and only won once. But he's still a legend. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, but I still think, I think number one and number two, it's going to be between Curry and LeBron just as careers. You have Curry's career and, and LeBron's career. Just those two careers in themselves to me are incredible. Coming. Yeah, I'm definitely going Curry. Spoken like true Warriors fans. Hey, this is Warrior <laughs> fans saying that's LeBron and Curry. You and your <laughs> um, so my final, my final question then, this is just a final follow-up question uh, before we <clears throat> end this podcast, is with – with this, with these awards that Giannis is getting, how close is the gap then with him and LeBron for being that undisputed best player in the NBA? If you're going to compare LeBron and and Giannis, I, I'm sorry, I'm not a LeBron fan, but I would still have to go with LeBron. I mean, you really can't compare those guys. I mean, LeBron's been in the league a, lot, a little bit longer. He's done a little bit more i mean we just said he went to eight finals regardless if he's won them or not that's mm. uh, that's that's uh I, I i think Giannis. i think this year if not next is where he's this is you know where Giannis is going to be at his best you know he's not a rookie he's not old this is this is his hate this is his this is his time his prime so his prime this is his time so let's see him go through his prime and then you can, in my opinion, compare him to LeBron, who, as far as I'm concerned, I feel like LeBron has already gone through his prime. And maybe not, that's my opinion, but to well, compare he has, them. He has, but he's yeah, on well, a different level still. Right. So to compare them is kind of hard. I, I, I would, if you're going to compare them as much, as much as I hate to say this, I would have to go with LeBron. So Eric, Eric gave his opinion earlier on this question. So, uh, George, I'm going to ask you, and then I'm going to ask Joe. What does Giannis have to do to close that gap with LeBron and make him the undisputed best player? Um, he doesn't got to do much, but – and I'm saying this because if we're going by who's the best player for that year or at least who's in the game, you got to think about LeBron. He doesn't have much time left. He's on the old side. Mm-hmm. He's got one, two years left probably of greatness. Debatable. I mean, father, father time is going to tap him at some point, you know, and Gian, <laughs> Giannis is only 25, but I don't think the debate's going to be Gian, well, Giannis will be in that debate. But like I said, you're, there's still some other great players in there that I believe will be the best. And to answer the fact of what does he have to do? He's got to go get some chips. I mean, at least get yeah. one chip, you know, be the finals MVP. I mean, if he, if he can't do that, I'm not going to put him up get, uh, ahead of other champions like a KD mm. when healthy. So you're saying one chip and a finals MVP? To be in that conversation as the best in the league, yeah. I'm not saying he would be the best. I'm just saying then we could have a, a legit conversation. you got to be a champion mm. to be Ar- the best. To be arguably the best. 
Yeah. Joe, what about you? What are you thinking? What does he have to do to close that gap? I agree with everything that George says. He needs to win a chip. He, he needs – he at least – maybe he needs to work on his three-point percentage. He needs to work on his three-point game. Because that's like the one area he's kind of lacking. But I could see if he works on that two to three years, I could see him being the best in the league. Mm. Well, that's all the time we have for today, everyone. Thank you for joining us here on Highly Contested. We will post a podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So be sure to stay tuned, keep with it, and be prepared to be highly contested. Have a good one. Highly Contested.